Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. John Wilner, Wilner Hotline, joins us on 365 Sports and John, this was a quick turnaround after the Chip Kelly news in Ohio State became official on Friday. Did UCLA get it right? You know, I'm not sure uh, that they did. It's going to take a few years, I think, to figure that out. And that's partly because UCLA's got a whole bunch of other problems besides the identity of the head coach. There's, there's some stuff that involves the school itself and the financial situation the NIL situation that, you know, it's more than just a head coach. So we'll, we'll see. They got a brutal schedule next year in the Big, Big Ten, and uh, they got to keep their roster together, which I think is part of the reason they went quickly, right? Because you got that 30 day window, and they didn't want their, their roster to get coached, but they've got a long haul ahead of them. John, what happened with Chip Kelly and UCLA where it got so sour so fast? Well, I think what happened is that, and this is my guess, I think that Chip, they were going to bring him back, right? They won eight games. They beat USC by 18 points. He had an $8 million buyout. There was no way they were going to cut him loose. But I think what happened over the winter, you know, December, January, is he kind of got some cold feet. And Jimmy Sexton's his agent, and Sexton's aggressive. And my guess is they're looking – at the schedule for next year, and they're seeing that his buyout dropped from eight million to four million next year. I mean, they got to play LSU on the road in addition to the Big Ten schedule. Uh, so, I think that they got a little bit of cold feet, and they knew the buyout was going down. And then you add on top of it the fact that Chip doesn't like to recruit. He doesn't like NIL. He doesn't like the transfer portal. Chip just wants to call plays like he did Oregon in 2010. And that's not what being a head coach is anymore, right? So I think you put all that together, 
And it's like, you know what? It's time to get out. And he's very close friends with Ryan Day. He was Ryan Day's offensive coordinator when Day played, played at New Hampshire. So they go way back. And now he just gets to call plays, which is what he wants to do. John, you know there's the big, great conversation happening right now about the state of college football and where it's headed and all that. And you kind of touched on it there at the end. Do you chalk this up as one of those signs of, man, being a college football head coach just isn't cracked up? Or do you think those other things outside of not liking the NIL, not liking the recruiting, weigh just as heavy if not heavier? You know, I don't think it was all one one thing. But I do believe that, you know, there's a lot of coaches, especially the older you know, the guys that grew up, you know, uh, cut their coaching chops in the 80s and 90s, you know, Kelly's age, late 50s, a lot of them are like, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this, but I, I don't like it. You know, this is not what I signed up for. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, next off season we see a couple of more guys like Jeff Halfley or, or Chip Kelly just say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. I want to be a coordinator. I want to go to the NFL. And the thing is, it's going to change even more dramatically in a couple of years when there's revenue sharing with the players, right? And that's going to be a whole new ball game. He has been Deshaun Foster on that staff for almost every year since he stopped playing football, the one year at Tech, and then he had just taken the job with the Raiders. Was his name even brought up as a candidate when Kelly resigned or left, excuse me, on Friday? Yeah, he was one, you know, he was like, well, if they want to just stay in house, they would. They would give. I don't even think Foster had moved to Los Angeles, Las Vegas yet, or even started working for the Raiders. I'm not sure that had happened. But you know, part of their calculation was, what do we do to keep the coaches staff together and keep the roster together? And going into the Big Ten, I think they felt like we can't allow our roster to get gutted. Go into the Big Ten and go two and ten, right in the first year. We got to do whatever we can to be successful in next fall, and keeping the roster together and the coaching staff together uh, were the biggest components to that. And Foster was the best set to do that. If they had brought somebody else in, you know, Tony White, who's right, uh, he's Matt Rule's defensive coordinator at Nebraska. He played at UCLA. You know, there's no guarantee that even though he's a Bruin, he's going to keep the staff and the roster together. With Foster, that was the best bet to get some stability. John, what are the problems you illustrated earlier with um, UCLA? They, they've never really outlaid a bunch of money for football anyways. There's spending issues there. What's what's the whole picture? Well, the whole picture is, uh, you know, they've got a chancellor who is actually retiring. That's another you know, complication of this whole thing. But their chancellor for years is not really good about football. Uh, they don't support athletics. The school doesn't really support athletics like other other schools do financially. Uh, they've got, you know, they just they lost. So they had a thirty forty million dollar shortfall operating budget shortfall last year. That's a regular thing. So they're coming in, uh, you know, with a real financial squeeze. They have no NIL game. Their admissions bar is higher than you know the Oregon's and the USC's. It's a little tough to get players in. But generally speaking, like, I look at it like, you know, a school like Ohio State or Michigan, they are all in with football across the campus, right? It's an institutional commitment to winning in football. USC has that. Oregon has that. UCLA does not have that. 
And you could make the case that they shouldn't because they're, you know, they've got more of an academic mindset. But it makes it much harder to compete with those other programs if you are not all in. And if your chance was not out there trying to raise money for your NIL collective and that kind of thing. So that's part of what I'm talking about. John, uh, so we know USC's all in, and UCLA's is, is not, as you, you point out there. Um, feel pretty good about, uh, you know, just basically the general state of things, I guess, with the teams coming to the Big 12. I know Arizona schools have a lot of things to, to work out. What are, what are kind of the sentiments you're getting right now, though, when it comes to Stanford and Cal? Is there uneasiness over what's going on out on the East Coast right now with, with Florida State? Are they pretty secure and not having to really worry about things? I'm just sort of wondering – where their heads are at at this point with the, the big move next season going cross-country. Yeah, you know, fingers crossed, right, that the ACC stays together. Um, and then what happens if it doesn't, right? There's a whole bunch of scenarios that Florida State leaves and Clemson, North Carolina leaves. But, you know, they got a reminder, Cal Stanford got a reminder of what their life is going to be like uh, last week or two weeks ago when the ACC released a football schedule. Cal's opening at Florida, the first conference game is at Florida State. Stanford's first game in the ACC is at Syracuse on a Friday night. Their second game in the ACC is at Clemson the next weekend. And in between the trip to Syracuse and the trip to Clemson, Stanford starts their fall quarter academic, their fall academic quarter. So that is like what their lives are going to be like. And then the ACC just went ahead last week and released the championship sites. All the, you know, the tournaments and the championships for Olympic sports, they're all going to be in North Carolina. So it's going to be really challenging for those two schools and for their athletes. Uh, and that's over and above, you know, whether the ACC collapses or not, or whether Florida State and Clemson leave and there's like a shell of itself remaining that Stanford and Cal are contractually bound to. They signed a 12-year grant of rights. Uh, John, how would you describe the feeling about UCLA football, regardless of this move with Chip Kelly and Foster being hired, how would you describe the interest overall in UCLA football? You know, it's it's lukewarm. I mean, it's a basketball school, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's closer to Kentucky and Kansas and Duke than it is to USC and Ohio State and Alabama, right? I mean, that's its, it's DNA. It's got 11 national championships. So uh, they, they support if, – if their football team is really good – They'll support it. You'll get 70,000 people in there again for a good game if they're real good. But, you know, Chip Kelly's been there for six years. The fans have turned off, kind of been turned off. So it's, it's solid, but it's not, it's not passionate. I mean, it's, you know, it, of the 12 schools in the pack, you know, out here in the, what was the Pac-12, their, their fan base is for football, you know, second bottom tier for, for passion, for sure. Thank you, John. I don't think this slows things down because nothing ever slows down anymore in college football. But It's crazy. Uh, it, yeah, and, and I know you were busting it today. Thanks for responding. Well, I know you wrote the column about Foster and UCLA. We do appreciate you very much. Love coming on your show. Thanks for Thank you. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Oh.